Imagine your wedding day on white marble floors beneath crystal chandeliers and exquisite ceiling drapery. Nestled on Long Bay Point Marina in Virginia Beach, the Gala 417 is a modern and luxurious waterfront wedding venue with all-inclusive packages, award-winning catering packages, and a dedicated team of gala girls to assist you every step of the way. The Gala is the perfect place to say, I do. Your dream wedding is just a click away. Learn more at thegala417.com. You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 
I messaged you as I was wondering if you'd like to know about my experience with a werewolf that I encountered in Buxton, Derbyshire. Before my encounter happened, as a family, we were hearing growls around our house. And the strange thing is, we live on an ordinary estate. The estate's called Fairfield, and there are lots of homes there. But there are also acres of fields on the other path and lots of farmland. The first growling incident happened when mum was taking out the wheelie bin one night. Now, this would have been in the late 90s. Like most folk, we have a weekly rubbish pickup. So my mum was taking the bins out late one night, and as she did so, she heard a loud growl. Not recognising the noise, she at first thought it was the wheelie bin itself grinding on something. But the growl happened again when she stopped with the bin. And to be honest, it freaked her out. Then there was another occasion when mum was taking our dogs for a walk with my brother and they both saw an upright big animal that was running across the fields close to our home and it was jumping over the dry stone walls as it fled. Mum said it was running really fast. In the early 90s, I think it was about 95, my other brother worked at the local chicken factory up Harper Hill in Buxton. One shift he was having a cigarette outside. And he said, as he was standing there, he saw a giant dog on its back legs rummaging through the bin. Now, it was one of those big industrial bins with a lid. And my brother said the giant dog was using its hands to pick up chicken. Also, it must have lifted the bin lid up to get in there to search for the food in the first place. I remember my brother being shocked when he was telling us about what happened. I was still a kid then. He was only about 17 at the time. Understandably, the whole experience scared him and he said the giant dog was bigger than our dogs and we have always had German Shepherds and Dobermans. So my brother was used to big dogs, so it must have been really big for him to think that it was and for it to scare him. If we pass forward to the early 2000s, I was getting the washing in from the garden one day. I remember it was summer and it was just after 10pm, so it was getting dark out. My German shepherd dog named Cody was looking at something outside of our garden. I couldn't see anything or make anything out. But then I heard a low growl, as though something was standing right next to my ear. And my brother said, you can heard that, right? And I explained that I did, and that it was right close to my ear. So we got our other brothers to come outside with us because we were terrified. But it didn't happen again when he was with us. Then, on New Year's Day in the early hours of the morning, I'd come in from a night out and it was about 2am by then. I was in the kitchen with my mum and we used to leave the kitchen sink window open for our two house cats to come in and out during the night. And we noticed that the cats didn't want to go out that night, so mum said, shut the window, Louise. I went over to the window and I leaned over the sink to shut it because it was wide open. And as I did, I saw something strange. I could not believe what I was seeing. Something was there, and it was an all-white werewolf. It was crouched down under the windows, as though it was looking in at us, and it just looked at me, and I looked at it. I don't think it expected to be seen. I couldn't believe it. I could clearly see it, and it didn't have a long snout. It had a short snout. It looked more like the old wolfman creatures 
rather than say the dog soldier type of werewolves that you see now. It's like a wolf that I've seen in pictures. All the grey wolves look like him and his eyes were exactly like theirs. His ears were not on top of his head, they were at the side. I was shocked. I backed up and said to Mum, I've just seen a fucking werewolf. The strange thing was, I didn't feel overly threatened by it. And then I thought I better shut the window, you know, in case it decides to come in. So I looked again and it was gone. Luckily, one of the things that came into my mind when I saw it was, you are not supposed to exist. Now, I've only ever told close family members about this and the other things. And unfortunately, a lot of people still believe that these things don't exist. I forgot to mention my mum had two encounters when she was about 12, when she lived in Glossop. But the way she described the creatures she saw, I would say they sounded more like Bigfoot type creatures. The first time this happened, my mum used to go to the local river with her dog, Bruce. She was on her way home and it was dusk. And she said she was late home because she couldn't get the dog to come out of the water as he was enjoying himself so much. So this night she was later than usual. This took place up near Gamesley, behind the Roman fort up there. Anyway, Mum said she heard a lot of noise. And it was crashing and rustling and that was coming up the embankment from the river and she didn't know what the noise was. Mum moved off and as she was walking past a bush, she saw this very tall well-built, really wide, upright animal. And it looked like it had no neck. It was on the right side. And mum says it was doing hand gestures as it went into the woods. Her dog Bruce never barked at it and mum ran home. The next encounter she had with this creature was when mum was walking home on the same pathway. Again, she was walking from the river with Bruce. It was going on dusk again and she saw the creature. Like before, it was walking upright. It was a different one this time because it had an almost cone-shaped head and it was jet black with a tan-coloured face. And this one was walking towards the same woods on the other side of the bank. This mad thing was Mum's dog chased this one and it was barking at it and snapping around its legs. And it just turned around and my mum shouted, Sorry, which I find really funny. She shouted the dog back and the creature just went into the woods like the other one did. To clarify, the first creature she saw was brown in colour and it had longish hair. And when my mum saw the first creature, the shock of it knocked her on a bum. She said it startled her that much. My sister saw a massive dog when she was walking her dog with a boyfriend. And she said that the big dog she saw was near the abbey, uh, just behind Abbey Lane. My sister said it was some kind of giant dog. It was massive. And my sister had grown up with big dogs like it. She said it was black and her dog was barking at it. When this happened, the massive dog leapt into some bushes, which is strange behaviour for a dog. It's definitely okay for you to share our family experiences, Deb. And I think that it's a family thing too. Because we've all seen weird stuff, and not only to do with cryptids. But it's the most recent event, that's my main concern. I was with mum, and we were sitting in the kitchen, having a cuppa, on Wednesday the 27th of June, 2022, about 3am. 
We are sometimes up nearly all night because my mum has really bad problems sleeping because of her disabilities. So we usually stay up. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha! In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Until the pain's eased off. Anyway, we had the kitchen window above the sink open with only a small crack this time. Had it set in a position so that nobody could pull it open fuller and it was locked in that position. And then we heard this knocking sound against the open bit of the window. Like you would hear if you knock with your knuckles. And our outside sensor lights came on. In the light, I saw this grey elbow. That's all I saw. I don't remember much else about what happened, and that's also creeping me out. I instantly forgot about this incident until I was asking Mum some questions that you sent over earlier. How is that possible? I can't believe I forgot about that. It only happened the other day. Now, I usually work with and chat to a witness over the following weeks after the reports come in, in the hopes of drawing out any information hidden or forgotten since the event, or in this case, the events as a whole. So I'll keep you up to date with my conversations with Louise um, as we speak as the weeks go on. When you first talk to a witness, um, they're trying to condense down all of the things that happened in the report into a short message, obviously, and then I ask them questions and we draw things out. And after that, when I've got all of the report from them, then I'll send over some validation reports, either from the same area or where the creature seen acts or its description is the same in some way. So as I said, over the coming weeks, when I speak with Louise, if she has anything more to add or any events happen, I will let you know. And I think she raised a very valid point when she spoke about this being connected, not just to her, but her family members also. Recently, I read you a report from Scotland in a very similar case to this, where the werewolf in question was named Wolfa. Now, the witness in that case is convinced that her parents also had a connection to the creature she saw, and as they showed no shock when she explained what had happened, her dad merely said it was best to just ignore him. 
which implies he knew who she was speaking about. Her mum had seen something large crossing the field on nights when she was walking the dogs in the farm fields. Now, the house is in an area which is almost a facsimile of Louise's home. Lots of older homes surrounding a central village that's on the cusp of a national park. To follow are some other cases that I feel fit very well with Louise's experiences and the experiences of her family. But first, I'd like to look at the surrounding areas and see what reports they had that are close by to Fairfield. Linda reported hearing growls around the home and a very short distance away, there's an area called the Goit Forest and there's a report made by a BBR investigator many moons ago now and this report was taken by Adam Bird who was the founding member of British Bigfoot Research before I took over. Now, as I said, this encounter occurred in the Goit Forest in the Peak District. Alex spends a lot of time in the area and he knows it well. Here is his encounter in his own words, how he told it to British Bigfoot. A few days ago, I had an interesting experience in my research location, which is situated in the Peak District. I hadn't visited the location for about a month. I was using my free time to search for deer antlers in a deer park not too far from my house. Anyway, I decided to head over to the forest where there is a wild population of deer to see if I could find any antlers there. A few hours in, I just descended down a steep slope into the forest that lied in a valley and I started making my way down to the bottom where I had to cross the river. I got down to the bottom, I crossed the river, made my way up the logging road about 10 minutes after, I'd reached the logging road and I'd walked a little further down it. I heard a series of very loud wood knocks, which sounded like they were coming from close to where I'd crossed the river only 10 minutes ago. There would be five knocks, a 10 second pause, and then another five knocks. And the knocks were dull sounding, so I believe the sound was coming from something being hit on a large thick tree. I didn't think much of it. I just assumed it was loggers or something. Anyway, this knocking went on for about seven minutes. So I got curious and I decided to check it out. As I reached the corner of a clear cut that would allow me to see the river where I'd crossed earlier and where I suspected the knocking was coming from, it suddenly stopped. I started glassing the area with my binoculars. I couldn't see anyone or anything. I know that no rangers were on duty that day and there were no loggers as the vehicles and IVIS jackets are easy to identify. I'd just passed the area 10 minutes earlier and I'm 100% positive that nobody was there. I was so annoyed I didn't get a recording of the knocking but I just assumed it was somebody working away down there. Anyway, I made my way down there quickly and there was nobody there at all. There was no wind. And the knocks followed the same pattern. Always a series of five knocks and then an approximate 10 second wait before there would be another series of five knocks. And I realised the knocks started happening after I tripped and landed on a branch that had fallen and it made a really loud cracking noise. I left, there wasn't anything more I could do. But I actually went back with my sister and again, we heard the same knocking sound. There was no wind. It wasn't a woodpecker. 
And I can rule out campers because I'd just walked past the area the sound was coming from about 20 minutes earlier with my sister. I did a couple of hand claps to see if it would respond, but the knocking immediately abruptly stopped and we didn't hear it again. It was interesting for sure. And last week I went there at night and I heard the exact same mumbling sound that I'd heard a couple of months ago coming from around about 20 feet in the tree line at the side of the logging road that I was walking on. I then heard something large run through the bush as I could hear the limbs breaking on the trees and the bushes. And it could have been a day, but it came from the same area where I heard the mumbling sound. Now, another report that's also from the Peak District, around about two miles away, features a creature that had red glowing eyes, and it was seen and reported by a dog walker in the area. Now, Chicago-born tattoo artist and musician Jory Lakers had a frightening confrontation with the monster in Grinlow Woods in Buxton. Jory was walking her puppy Piper for the first time, and they were on a path up to Solomon's Temple above Poole's cabin, when a huge black dog came bolting towards them. Not unusual, until you consider that the dog's eyes were blazing red. Afraid they were under attack, Jory scooped Piper up in her arms, but the demonic hound just ran past and paid her no heed. Nevertheless, Jory was understandably stunned. She told one local newspaper, I stood there shaking for a minute, thinking that this dog's owner would be by shortly and I could mention to he or she that she should keep a beast like that on a lead. But there was no one around that I could see. I'm pretty sure we were the only ones in the woods at the time. We didn't see a soul except for that beast. I haven't seen it since and I'm quite glad for it. I do get some funny looks when I recount the tale. People think I'm making the red eyes up, but I swear that I saw them. I've not looked much into the history of the demon dog that is reported in these parts, but if there really is a legend, then that's what I saw. Now, there is an old legend in the area, and it's sometimes referred to as the Moorland Beast or the Beast of the Peaks, and that's been handed down the generations, and due to a series of animal attacks, the reports made their way into the national newspapers of the time. For example... A very early experience was reported in the London Daily Express on the 14th of October 1925 and it featured a number of disturbing cases from the district of Edale in Derbyshire. It was said that something black in colour and of an enormous size was slaughtering sheep at night and it was leaving the carcasses strewn about the land with legs, shoulders and heads torn off there were clear signs of broken backs and broken necks and pieces of flesh were ripped from the corpses. Now, many hunted parties went out in search of that horror, but they'd been unable to track the animal. Nobody ever actually was able to catch it. It got so bad that people in many of the places in the villages just refused to leave the home after dark and they would keep their children safe within the house. Now, let's look at some cases similar to Louise's where the entire family seemed to be having interactions throughout the generations. Now, this account is called a crossover of animals and humans. And it was a witness who contacted me and she said, Hello, Deborah, 
if it's okay with you, I'd like to tell you about the experiences that have happened to me and my family members for decades now. Some of these experiences we've had to keep quiet about. We've had experiences with ghosts and possible experiences with either a Bigfoot or a dogman-like creature. I'm not really sure which one it was for definite. I'll just tell you what happened. It happened when we lived in Shippen at our old house. And more recently, my brother has seen a dogman where we currently live now in Western Supermare. Firstly, I would like to give a bit of background about Shippen itself. It is a place known where strange practices took place in the woods and the fields. For in- With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Since the church is era, even in the daytime, and there are many fields with wooded areas around them. This area is crisscrossed with trails that lead throughout the village. Most of the fields have livestock in them, and there was a farm by where I lived back then. It wasn't unheard of to have the odd cow or sheep gone missing from the fields. One of the trails I spoke about with you leads from the fields to the back of the church, and there was this trail that scared me more than any other when I used to go out and explore. Sometimes I'd be walking, other times I would see to the horses and I'd feel spooked suddenly, as if I was constantly being watched. Back then, when I was younger, I used to go and feed the horses in one of the fields and the fields with the horses in was one of four and it was on the far right-hand side. I would always find that the horses used to be at the back of the field or they'd be herded together at the top, but they'd always come over for food. There'd be many times when I'd be there feeding them and all of a sudden the horses would spook as if something had scared them and they'd suddenly run off. When this happened, I'd get that same sense of something watching me in the woods. I'd hear movement, sounds. Sometimes it'd be a twig snapping, but I never got a good look at what it was that was moving in there. I'd run back to the end of the field and go back home. This happened on several occasions especially when I was on my own. My age at the time would have been five, six when this started, and it continued till we moved when I was about ten. Now, this only happened when I was out in the field seeing to the horses. I am unsure if it is still happening there now. Now, two fields over, there was a random bit of wood separating the third and the fourth field from each other. And in those woods, it was spooky. And I always felt uneasy going through there. There was a swing that my cousins and I built. And we used to go down there and swing on it. And something spooked us one day so bad that we decided to go back home earlier than we would normally do. And I wasn't really sure why. I can't remember. I just never questioned it at the time. The fourth field had trees all around it. And the trail that leads off to the church. The trail was dark. It was eerie and ominous. We didn't like going through it. Even the dog would bark when we got close to the area. We would occasionally use this trail if we were going to the shops, but we avoided it as much as we could. 
I went through on my own a few times. I was just curious as a kid. And it was always muddy. And there'd be these strange tracks. But I could never make out the tracks as they were like a crossover of an animal's print and a human's. I felt very uneasy and scared when I was in there. I heard noises of movement and I wanted to turn back. But I kept on walking through until I reached the church. And it was at this point, on one occasion, I heard a loud thud. I looked behind me to see something I could not name, with black fur, moved very quickly into the trees. I didn't see what it was. I didn't notice any features, as I didn't see its face. But it was big. I ran past the church to the shops, and I never went through there on my own again. There are also some paranormal things that happen in Shipman in my house. On one of my grandparents' houses, if you want to hear about those. I'll speak to my parents, as they do think something strange happened there. And they speak of things in Shippen now and again. But I know there is more to be said. I'll sit down with them and find out any details that they remember. She went on to add that my brother's encounter happened in Weston. He was walking home one evening, not far from the house, when he saw what he described as a big dog. Not an ordinary domestic dog. This was more like a huge dog, like a massive oversized German Shepherd. And it wasn't. It was much bigger than that. And its fur was and hair was kind of silver or white in colour. My brother said this strange dog walked into the road. It sniffed the air and then it walked on in front of him. It went up the road and then it turned to its left and continued. When my brother got up to the part where it had turned off, he said it had vanished. It had just gone. Now, the length of the road, he should have been able to see it walking or even running in the distance, but it was nowhere. My brother was calm and just walked slowly behind it, but at a distance, and this was on a clear night. I asked if he'd been drinking, and he said no. He said it was strange, and he didn't want to do anything in case the dog went for him. I asked him if it looked like a dogman, and he asked me what that was. So I typed it into Google and I shown him the images and he said it looked exactly like that, but white. And he's not seen it since. And his encounter is just round the corner from where I live. Now, one of my listeners contacted me to report this next event. And it was one of the regular BBR members who went out to the area and chatted with the witness. And I am very grateful for her for doing that for me. And it happened in February of 2021, so not that long ago. And our own witness said, I'm making this report on behalf of a family member who came to visit me recently as she just had a baby. We were having a general conversation about the weird events that have happened to members of our family over the years and also the new baby in the family. When I asked if she thought our new arrival would also suffer from UFO and alien events, and she replied that it could possibly do, but that she probably thought that robots were more likely, which I found really strange. She went on to tell me about one night a few weeks ago in February 2021, and she was driving about 9.30pm. She's in the car with a partner and a family and making an ordinary journey. Then from nowhere, as they were driving, this thing jumped out across the road in front of her, and its jump was quite high. And she had to slam on the brakes to avoid hitting it. She said it was massive and hard to describe. 
She just saw its back legs as it landed and they seemed robotic in some way. And this area is very, very similar to the areas we've been talking about tonight. It's a very small town with lots of farm fields and woodlands and just arable land that's out there. She said, I asked her to describe it and she said it was a massive dog. So I said, how big? And she showed me the height. So I'd say about five feet. She also said she couldn't believe what had happened. So she stopped the car and got out to have a look where this thing had gone. But she got straight back into the car because she felt an overwhelming ominous fear. She said for days she was thinking about this incident, Googling, trying to see if there had been any wolf encounters in that area. I said, I think it may have been a dogman. Now, my family member used to see things when she was younger. And she once told me about the silver person that peeked at her from the wardrobe. I asked her what it looked like and she said it was about this tall and she gestured at about four feet. She didn't see all of it because she put the quill over her head quickly. Now there are lots of fields, small woodlands next to our home and the river Don runs through that area, she said. I found it funny that there's also a quarry in the area and you mentioned that and I think that's where it was headed towards. Now, I agree. For some reason, quarries do seem to have a spooky reputation in the community. Many reports happen of cryptid creatures in and around quarries. In fact, in one of the most recent Derbyshire creature reports that happened on Robin Hood Lane, that itself is very close to the quarry. And that report came in in December of 2019. And our witness said, I was driving down Robin Hood Lane, which lies between Holloway and Watsonwell in Derbyshire. I was returning after finishing up some photos of derelict buildings, just as the daylight was starting to fade, as I'm a photographer. I packed up, and as I came down the narrow lane, I was going at a moderate speed, when I realised there appeared to be a human, or a human-looking figure, standing just at the edge of the road and the wood line, and it walked across the road and into the woods. As soon as I saw it, I stopped the car about 10 feet away from it. I waited till it had gone, and then I stopped the car. It did not run, but it walked across the lane in front of my car and into the woods on the other side. Now, for the description on this thing, and believe me, I wish this was just my imagination, whatever it was, it stood around 7 feet tall perhaps maybe even a little taller. I was gauging this as I had to bend down in the car to look out of the windscreen at it. It was covered in dark brown hair. It had a stump for a neck. It had broad shoulders and it was slightly bent at the knees as it walked. I'm sure that it was male, but to be honest, I wasn't looking directly at it as I was so shocked that I saw it. His face looked slightly like a human face would but I had a flat nose, thick lips and small ears. The creature walked across the lane in front of my car and just carried on walking upwards towards the old stone quarry. I gave it 15 minutes or so to move off and away from me and then I got out of the car, mainly for a cigarette and some fresh air. I was pretty confused and shaken up and I looked around on the wet damp ground and there were no footprints, not a one, none anywhere on the ground. I'm sure what I saw, and I'm not someone who imagines things, this place is close to the canal, the quarry, 
a railway line in the River Derwent. Now, we move north to one of the UK's most beautiful places. Well, I share the experience of one young lady named Holly. Holly's family have lived on the Isle for generations. Strange things that have happened around Holly also happened to her family members. And Holly has had a number of supernatural experiences throughout her life. She was born on the Shetland Isles. Holly's used to the usual wildlife in the area. Her family have lived on the island for centuries. Now there's the old folklore on the northwest coast of Scotland that centres around a benevolent creature known as the Scottish Wolver who would help starving families, who would help to heal the sick. And as long as they were left to their own devices, everything on the island would be fine and people would flourish. Now I've spoken about the Scottish Wolvers in one of my podcasts in January of 2022 and Holly is one of my listeners. She contacted me through email and she was happy for me to share her experiences with you all. This report is called Two Beautiful White Wolves and People Watching from the Hill. Holly said, when I was a child, I was camping in the Persia Woods with my dad. It was about 3am on a bright, clear, moonlit night. We both seemed to wake at the same time to this grunting noise in the distance, which wasn't a stag. I didn't recognise the animal or the sound, and I froze as I heard heavy footsteps approaching our tent, and they were purposeful, almost creeping, as if the owner of the feet wanted to dampen the noise of the steps. I could tell it was something walking on two feet by the noise that it made, but it sounded, felt really heavy. I saw a large dark shadow as it appeared at the side of the tent, and I could see it move around us as it circled that tent. It then walked off out of the clearing where we camped and back into the woods. Years later, when I was in Aberdeenshire, I lived in a house in the woods, and one night I was going for my usual evening walk through the forest when I suddenly felt an instinctive danger. There was a feeling of dread and it washed over me. I had this gut warning that told me to get the heck out of there which was strange because I loved being in the woods. But what I felt that night was primal fear. It may sound ridiculous to you, but I felt hunted. It's something I've never felt before and I hope I don't ever feel it again. I heard the cracking of twigs getting closer to me and a deep, guttural, grunting, growling, which seemed to begin to circle me. The circle around me was getting smaller and I ran out of those woods. And I got onto the small road and I ran back to the house. But one incident that's happened recently has really puzzled me. I should explain. I've seen what I thought was just another human spirit in my home. I have my medium switch set to off as a means of self-care. So I see spirit and I'm aware of them. But I don't let them fully come through to me until I set a specific time for it. I've noticed a white whoosh of energy. It's the only way I can describe it, going around my home. I believe it to be pre-materialisation. One day in spring, I visited my dad on the island I grew up on, and it was magical. I felt so happy that night. I was sitting on the sofa, contented with Stanley, my cat, and a huge white wolf with bright blue eyes came through the door and stood there at the bookcase. This being, I felt, was a they, and they were observing me. 
I got the sense that they were bipedal. But when they popped their head around the door to look at me, they were much lower to the ground with their arms down. It's the strangest thing because at the time, just before they appeared, a kind of calm came over me and I felt so much love. And when they appeared, I felt so safe and happy. And part of me questioned if I was seeing things. But at the same time, my cat Stanley turned around to look in the exact spot that I was seeing the wolf. Now, he's usually a bit timid, but he too was calm and relaxed. And he could obviously see what I was seeing. I meant to say, whatever that huge benevolent wolf-like creature was, its face was almost like a wolf crossed with a bear or an Alsatian. But they were white and silver in colour. It was like nothing I've ever seen before. It sounds completely bonkers. And I questioned if I was hallucinating or something. But as I said, my cat looked up at the same time. In the exact same spot I'd seen this being. As he does when someone he's comfortable with walks in. I recognise that behaviour in him. I still feel that their energies are around. And they seem to be observing me. And also protecting me. This incident came on the same day as a significant healing of past trauma in my life. Is there a connection? On this day, I also hugged my favourite ancient standing stone. Interestingly, on the island of Unst, there is a network of underground houses and tunnels from very long ago. The people who own the land made a livelihood from it. and They didn't want archaeologists disturbing what had been there for centuries or more. Could this be where he's from? Holly. Now, in most of the cases tonight, the events that have happened take place very close to an area with a standing stone, a manure or a burial site of some kind. Many dogmen and werewolf reports take place in places of ancient significance or importance. Why is this? Is it the area itself or something in that area? Many people believe they are the takers of lives, evil to the core. Others have a protective relationship with them and say they are all happiness and light. I'm a realist and from my own observations, each creature, each witness, each case, very different. There are many factors at play, I believe, and far too many variables to be stating anything as fact. I also believe each being is not only positive, but also negative. I don't judge. I let the witness lead me where I go. I let them tell me how they want to deal with the situation. I find that works better for me and also for them. I've noticed that in a number of tonight's accounts, the wolf or the creature that was seen was said to have white fur or hair. And this is also the case in our next report. Our witness in the next report says, I was recently reminded of an incident which happened to me and my friends back in 1990. A lot of young people at the time spent their weekends travelling all over the place to attend raves and acid house parties. I must admit I did the same. Now this particular party we went out to took place somewhere in Cambridgeshire and it was called Rain Dance, I believe. Anyway, after many hours of dancing and facing a three-hour drive back to Cheltenham, we decided to leave. Now, I'm not denying that there was some use of certain recreational substances that night, 
But as a driver responsible for the lives of four of my passengers, I'd kept myself together. Anyway, I'm driving through open Fenland around 3.30am. My attention was drawn to the right-hand side. I saw something running alongside the car at a distance of about 20 feet. And it was what I can only describe as a huge, pure white wolf. It was witnessed by all five of the people in the car. And it was running alongside us. It kept up with us for a good mile or so before disappearing behind a wall. Now, the witness in the White Wolf case felt that people were judging because he didn't buy recreational drugs that night. I don't have a problem with that at all. In fact, many of our ancient shamans and druids also used nature's medicines to open themselves up to other realms and enable them to travel between them. Simple plants like rhododendrons were used for transmogification. Fungi, bark, leaves, sap and roots can also work when blended with other essentials. Many types of pollen and honey can transport you to the spirit world in moments. Many have forgotten the old ways and how people travelled through the dimensions, but they are the odd few who still practice that art. Now, the couple in our next report had not imbibed any substances and they experienced something terrifying. They were at home on an ordinary evening in 2021. And this happened in Woodbury Common. And our witness says, I'm not sure how to describe a recent experience which has happened to both myself and my partner here at home. I find it hard to talk about as I still cannot explain it easily and make sense of it. I don't know what it was or how we heard it. But we did, and that's something I'm struggling with. Since being a young girl, I've been very sensitive to spirit, and that normally happens when I'm alone. But with this event, it was even more terrifying. As someone experienced it with me, I couldn't explain it away as I usually would do. Now, my partner didn't see it, but he heard the sound of whatever it was. It was only me that saw it, and I really wish I hadn't. I was relaxing at home, playing Candy Crush on my phone, of all things. My partner was on his laptop, ordinary night, when we both heard a huge thud land outside the lounge door, which is situated at the back of the house. My house is an end terrace with a huge gate and a fence that surrounds it. My cats jump it, no problem. You get used to hearing them going back and forth. But this time, the noise was as if a huge obese, muscular human had jumped that fence. And we also heard the garden gravel crunch with an almighty force directly by the back door. It was about 12.30 at night and it was pitch black outside. We both still described to each other what happened that night. And even now, that intense feeling of frozen fear washes over you when you speak about it. So we're sitting there looking at each other and we hear something huge bolt over our high fence with ease and land across the garden outside the back door. All was silent for a second, maybe a minute. I have no idea, really, as time just seemed to stand still. And then we heard the most terrifying sound that both of us have ever heard. We heard what I can only describe as a blood curdling, snarling, growling. It was so loud, it overpowered the volume of the television that we had on. 
it was almost like you could hear whatever it was salivating out there. Eventually, we snapped out of fear and my partner said to me, quick, shut the door and lock it, as he thought it was maybe a rabid dog or a fox. Without even thinking, it really should be him that should have shut the door, but I jumped up and bloody did it without realising. I again have no concept of time, but we had a spun out discussion which resulted in the decision to try not to talk about the incident for a moment and just try and catch our breaths. So with the door firmly shut, I went upstairs to my toilet, which is situated on the other side of the house from the eight foot fence. I didn't even manage to sit myself on the toilet when the overwhelming snarling growl came with very little force this time in the breath, as if it was being quiet or it was out of breath somehow. I'm sorry, I still have no accurate way of describing that sound. I don't know anything that's similar to what I heard that night that would make it easy for me to explain what it sounded like. I screamed for my partner whilst trying to pull my trousers up. Before he reached the toilet, I curiously looked out of the bathroom window at the side of my house to have a peek at what was out there. I wish I never had. Now this is the part I will never accurately be able to describe. As my partner reached me, all we heard were loud screams and shouting from a garden of a house opposite us, four doors down. It must have jumped their fence, which is much higher than mine, as it had bloody vanished and so had the noise. I couldn't see it anywhere out there. This was in Exmouth, on the ex-estuary. Now, there are a few cat reports in Exmouth, and only a year before I was in my friend's car, crossing a woody part of Exmouth, and we saw a huge panther. All four of us saw it, and we swerved the car to avoid hitting it, and that was bad enough. But this was no cat, and it was more of a mystery, honestly, as I did not see the front of it. I was the only one who saw it, but I didn't see its face, thank God. I saw its body, and when I looked out the half-open bathroom window, it was down on the floor at the side of the car on the driveway, and it just looked like a frantic creature. Its hair looked quite long, as I could see a squish of black and silver colours. When my partner came into the bathroom, it just sort of ran and galloped in neither a feline or canine sort of way. It had a movement all of its own. I was mesmerised trying to work out what the hell it was. I only saw it for a second. I'm sorry, I still don't know what it was. I only saw it, it was kind of spinning frantically by the car and then it sort of galloped away. I think that's what scared me the most because I heard the screams and shouting as my partner looked out to see it, but by the time he got there, it had gone. How did it do that so quickly? I sort of feel like I've gotten a weight off my mind, though, by sharing it with you and getting it out of my head. I understand the feeling of validation, you know, when you realise you're not truly alone. I was ecstatic when I found others who'd seen the same creature as me. Now, they may have named him differently, perceived him in a way that I did not, but he gave me the courage and a reason to keep looking. It also helped with the worry of it all in my head. Somehow, as the years have gone on, each person who made a report made things much easier for me. I hope to pass that on. 
I hope this will be the same for our witnesses here tonight. Whether they're listening in or they're out there wondering if it's time to share as they feel alone. Now, if I can help you with an experience you've had, or if there's a case you'd like me to cover or an event, you can contact me by just commenting below or via my email address, which is debbiehatswell at gmail.com, all lowercase, or use one of the links in the description. I would like to thank all of you for listening to the show each week and for sharing our uploads with your friends on social media. Please subscribe or follow to keep up to date with new uploads. And if you'd like to read the reports, you can do so by visiting the website that's listed in the descriptions below. So for now, I bid you farewell, and I'll be back on the same time, same day, next week. Good night, everyone. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.